Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. Our show today is Social Commentary Through Art with Dr. Jesse Whitehead. Dr. Whitehead is an artist educator with a Ph.D. in art education, a Master of Fine Arts in printmaking, and a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in drawing and painting. She is a practicing artist as well as a teacher in higher education. Her roots began in South Mississippi. However, Dr. Whitehead is currently employing her skills in Huntsville, Alabama. A return to the South, after residing in the Midwest and Northeast areas of the United States for an extended period of time. As an artist, the overall inspiration for her work is coexistence. She is passionate about social, cultural, and environmental concerns and views her art as an avenue to provide a visual voice or statement regarding these issues. It is her wish that audiences will have an aesthetic experience as well as thought-provoking moments while viewing her art. Her creations have been exhibited in cities that include Chicago, Illinois, Asheville, North Carolina, New Haven, Connecticut, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, Nashville, Tennessee, and Huntsville, Alabama. Her artwork is included in permanent collections of universities and homes of private collectors. I'm one of those. Her scholarly activities have resulted in published book chapters, academic articles, and presentations at professional conferences. Even though we've been friends for more than two decades, I feel I have to honor the title that you've earned. For this conversation, Dr. Jessie L. Whitehead, I'm going to refer to you as Dr. Jessie. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. We've learned that the overall inspiration for your works is coexistence. Please elaborate. How have you presented coexistence in your work? Ooh, that's a challenging question. I will try and answer it. Uh, One example would be that uh, several years ago, I was exhibiting my work and chose the theme as let's say nature and so when i'm talking about coexistence i'll give you an example of a particular piece of artwork i did a painting where i had a wolf superimposed over uh, some buildings and i called it encroachment because what i was making reference to was the fact that we as humans are moving into the environment of animals and this is why we are seeing uh 
animals more and more in locations where we normally wouldn't see them. So, and I, and I entitled it encroachment and it's re related to this huge Mac mansion. So that is one way. The other way I, I've done it is just to visualize what would uh, it would look like if we had, uh, you know, plastic bottles into a pond. So I, I've, I've visualized that through some paintings. And of course, coexistence is just talking about we as human beings trying to get along with each other. So it's coexistence with each other, coexistence with nature, and coexistence with um, with animals. Well, coexistence is a relevant theme right now with what we're going through in this country politically. Just trying to coexist with one another. Most definitely, most definitely. And I'm, I'm doing some new pieces now that is reflecting what is currently going on right now as far as the lack of harmony and coexistence among uh, us, us humans. Well, I look forward to seeing some of those. You've exhibited works in different cities and states. Which was your favorite place to exhibit? Wow. I would probably say, can I give you two? Absolutely. One would be Nashville, I mean, not at Nashville, Asheville, Tennessee. And that was a highlight for me because it was a, a joint, joint show with my cousin, who also is an artist. And uh, we had no idea what the turnout would be because he had just recently moved to Asheville. But we were just so pleased with the response. And, and people came out and just asked questions and talked uh, about the influence or impact of the artwork. So that was one. The other one was in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, which uh, that was a really favorite location because it's close to my home city. And my family surprised me and were able to come and participate. And that included my mother. Uh, so that was just a highlight. And the individual who gallery took place is a good friend of mine and we've known each other oh my gosh for for decades we worked together as artists at at nasa so i, I would say the Asheville location and the bay st louis um, exhibit great what what advice would you give an artist who may be listening and seeking her first exhibition i don't know if i'm the right person to be for you to ask, to ask that question. Um, I, I would say that, you know, you would have to look around and uh, at the various galleries. And if you can't physically go there, maybe go online and look and see what type of artwork they are currently displaying. And I think that would be a, a starting point because you know, if, if you just kind of randomly uh, send out inquiries and you have no idea what type of artwork that gallery is looking for, then it's, it's a misuse of your time as well as probably the person who, who uh, is running that gallery. So once again, I would say do, do the research um, and see what type of subject matter, what, um, yeah, what type of subject matter various galleries 
museums are, are looking for. Have you ever sold any of your artwork during a showing? You know, like somebody may have to wait until the actual exhibition is over to take it home. But has someone just fallen in love with a piece and said, I have to have that right now? And were you able to sell your art that way? Um, I I did that on a, on a few occasions. Uh, it was... I think in Chicago, where uh, the person didn't necessarily want to wait, even though normally uh, it occurs at the end of the um, exhibit. So, so yes, one one person one person did, and so I just you know took it down and let the person have it. Uh, but also, I've sold pieces where individuals were patient enough to uh, wait until the exhibit was over with, and I was pleasantly surprised at the Asheville location where I had an individual who was just so excited that she actually purchased two pieces. So that was excitement for me as well as as for her. Wow. That must have made you feel like awesome that day, right? Oh, it definitely did. It definitely did. Because you never know how people are going to respond to your artwork. It's like... Um, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's kind of like walking out without your clothes on. Uh, because anytime you put something out there, you just don't know how someone is going to respond. So you feel kind of naked as, as, as far as that. But but you hope someone will uh, respond to it in a positive way and want to take a piece or two home with them. Well, that's the thing about any creative outlet. You're so vulnerable when you put it out there. You know, you want everybody to like it, but you have to also understand somebody might not or just they may like it, but not understand it. And that's kind of odd, but that's OK, because it we need okay. artists like you. Thank you. <laughs> I happen to know that you've lived in some cities where your art has been exhibited and some of your moves have has come after age 50. Talk to us about moving to a new city as a 20 or 30-year-old versus moving over 50 or even 60. Wow. Okay. I think at an earlier age, there was that sense of adventure, lack of fear, um, the, the confidence that things will work out, I will be okay, um, so I, I think that aspect of it as far as moving at a very early age, because you, you just think you're invincible, you know, and you're not worrying about so much uh, the future. So, but when you get into a, an advanced age, uh, there still is that excitement and, and challenge of meeting new people, but you also start to be concerned about, or you are, are you going to be able to break in? Uh, and meet people because as we get older, people have already established their their groups and sometimes are hesitant to allow a new person into it. So that is the challenge more so for me as far as moving um, even less after 50, but more, you know, after 60. So I, I think that's just the... Uh, the biggest challenge, but still, I I would have taken that confidence there with me, and I've I've used my interests to allow me to break into 
different groups and meet various people through my my sports. I love to play sports. I love to read. So, you know, book clubs and then just my art, you know, that that really opens up a lot of, of uh, a lot of avenues what? as far as that. You say your sports. What sports are you playing now? Uh, I, I was playing pickleball prior to the uh, COVID, but I have not been brave enough to to venture back out into into that environment. The uh, the other sports that allowed me to break in was softball, and uh, what else did I play? Weren't oh, three you, on three. Softball, and weren't you on a volleyball or a basketball team that it, won something? Uh, well, we were on a. I participated in a three on three senior women basketball, and we were able to uh, travel and participate in the national senior games. So that's what you're probably thinking of. Yes, I, have I not- am. <laughs> so I'm proud of myself, and I'm still out there moving. I'm proud of you, too. But this was before COVID. Um, Correct. The, the senior games this year had to be postponed and moved back. I don't know what they're going to do. I think it's in October this year, which is very late for them. But I'm impressed that you were in any senior games at any time. I think I would just die. (laughs) Back to moving. I made one major move when I was 40, and I brought a child along with me. But my move has been in the same state. I think you're so brave to move different states. Which state? is your favorite besides the one you were born in? Oh, okay. Oh, let me think how oh, the various places I've been. I'm just going to think out loud for a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Connecticut, Illinois, Missouri. Wow. I would say Connecticut mainly because of the, of nature. The the falls in Connecticut are very beautiful. Autumn. Mm-hmm. So from a environmental standpoint, from nature standpoint, I, I would say um I would say Connecticut as 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 far as that. If if I had to focus in more and say a city as opposed to the state, I would say Chicago was was my favorite city what's special about chicago it's a large city but it has um um, not a small town feel but it didn't feel like a large city to me i was able to navigate comfortably uh as opposed to let's say if i was running around in new york so I, i i like that also just the cultural opportunities that was presented by my being there, the museums, the galleries, and and the people that I met there. That was the location where I met most of the artists that I know now. And uh, so from a, just from a cultural standpoint and being able to navigate. And the other thing I liked about uh, Chicago, at least the area in which I lived, was that it had a very good walkability, the neighborhood. I walked a lot and I really did enjoy that. I didn't have to get in my car and drive. And if I need to go some distance, Chicago also had 
very good public transportation. So from that standpoint, that's why it it has been my, my favorite city. Well, that's good to know. I doubt that I will actually move to Chicago, but it's good to know that it's a pleasant place to live. Right. Well, the winters are no fun, though. <laughs> what about the wind? Isn't it the windy city? Oh, yes. And I can I can tell you when I first experienced that, particularly during the winter time, I truly understood. Oh, no. Yes, I truly understood. Well, Dr. Jesse, you know, you've shared some good information with us that should be inspiring for other women that's over 50 that might be considering moving and might have a little hesitation about it. But you've shared that it's something you can overcome. It's exciting. It's challenging. And the hardest thing is maybe breaking into a circle of friends. But Milestone Divas know how to do that. So it should be okay. Also, you've shared with us about your artwork, and I'm looking forward to more of your coexistence, especially in these turbulent times that we're in now. So that should be a lot of fun. Switching gears a little bit, the best thing about being a Milestone Diva is the appreciation of celebrating another birthday each year. On this podcast, we always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays with our listeners by offering a fun story or a fun birthday trivia. Tell us about your most fun or interesting birthday as an adult. I would say when I hit the uh, number six zero. And what makes that stand out is that I had moved to a a new location and had been there only about a year. And I had the nerve to invite a teammate to host my 60th birthday party. I said something like, you are more than welcome to uh, throw a birthday party for me. And surprisingly, she said yes. So sent out invitations. Uh, A person showed up. I didn't recognize the person who showed up, thought she knew me. She was confused. And however, she just made herself right at home with these strangers and started to call me her new best friend. Come to find out what we had in common was that she had previously lived in New Orleans, which is close to my hometown in in Mississippi. And we both were a member of a art collector's group. So the fact that I had the nerve to basically tell somebody to throw me a birthday party and that person agreed uh, was really funny to me. And then you had this person show up who was confused, but end up having a very, very um, good time. So I would say that was probably the most fun one uh, for me, that this person did it. I didn't have to do anything but but show up and be my entertaining self. I bet you were your entertaining self. That's pretty bold. Yes, you could go ahead and, and throw a party for me. That would be nice. How yes. about that? I'm going to remember that line. I don't know who's going to throw the party, but I'm going to remember that and try it out. 
Well, Dr. Jesse, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me to be a part of your podcast. All right. We'll talk again after you have your new exhibition because I want to come and see it. Thank you. I will definitely let you know about it and send you an invitation. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. At the Cup of Low podcast, we advocate for embracing every day as a new day, birthdays included. Today's program was brought to you by Replay Fitness, Inc., helping women age 50 and older to find their power. When we can find that state of being within ourselves that manifests confidence, boldness, enthusiasm, playfulness, and wisdom, then we found our power, which is ours and only ours to use and share as only we can. To learn more about Replay Fitness, Inc., please visit replayfitnessinc.com. If you've already subscribed to the podcast, thank you. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe so you will be notified when new episodes have been posted. Until next time, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva. It's about a decade and not a day.